1: Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. That's anchor, the thing you throw off your boat.fm to get started.
2: Welcome to the JMU Sports News Podcast. I'm Ben Conklin, joined by Jack Patrick. It's a busy week in the sports world. Um, Not so much in the JMU sports world, though, Jack.
1: Yeah, JMU is now what? Canceled baseball, football. Football's on pause completely. Um, I think, was it announced at 28 contact tracings or people have had COVID? Um, So that's not good. Baseball shut down and um, nothing really to talk about. So this week, we're actually bringing in Nick Stevens to talk about Diamond Dukes, softball, baseball. He loves the Diamond Dukes. He loves baseball. He's been to a couple of games this season. He's a big-time supporter, kind of different than um, what Bennett and I are. But he's also <laughs> going to talk a little bit of softball. And a little bit later on, we'll talk some FCS football, some hot-button issues, and some CAA football that um, we've just been texting about, and we thought maybe finally we should put it on a podcast.
2: Yeah, there's uh, there's some good topics to get to, even though they're not playing. And um, disappointing to to see some of these teams not able to play, kind of frustrating. Um, I haven't listened to, I don't know if it was posted anywhere, but I haven't really read up on, I know Bourne talked to the media. Don't know if people asked in terms of how well the student athletes have, have followed the protocols. Cause it seems like, I don't know, the numbers are pretty high. I would have been interested in hearing. Um, I, it's he, said that, dorms.
1: It's, he said it, it originated in dorms. It's not all dorms. We know that the student athletes, I, if it's, it's all dorms, a, that's, that's a problem in and of itself.
2: When you have to put a, a baseball program on pause, because typically baseball, um, if you had a couple in some contact tracing, you might be able to power through it. depends, I guess, on how many people get contact traced, but 28 football players currently either have the virus uh, or have the virus or, or contact trace. That's a whole hell of a lot. And I think they had had issues in the fall. Um, so in terms of like the entire roster, like a lot of these people have either had it or been contact traced within the last, you know, six months
1: yeah i know jamie wants to model their program after like uh, after like uh, fbs national championship winning programs i don't think they should model it after lsu's way of handling the (laughs) pandemic when ed orgeron was on 60 minutes and said everyone's everyone's had covid on our team i don't think that's the same uh the same type of approach jamie should be taking but it looks like they're halfway there more than halfway there but do you want to jump into the start of today's podcast yes what is the start of today's podcast? <laughs> no, we'll just uh, throw it over to Nick <laughs> Stevens. <laughs> Come That's on, I we planned this out. We planned this
2: out. <laughs> I thought it was—he's not here. Where is he? Where's my guy Nick?
1: No, I gotta—I gotta, I gotta oh. invite him into the Zoom. Oh, okay. But now we'll throw it over with Nick Stevens. It's Bennett and I in another Zoom panel in another Zoom window. Enjoy.
2: We are joined by Nick Stevens, our baseball writer and, and expert who has been kind enough to come on and tell us about a team that we don't know that much about. So super valuable. Nick, thank you for joining us.
0: Hey, glad to be back on. Glad to talk about baseball. Now that we have some, some Jamie sports to talk about again.
1: Yeah, after COVID stopped the season, what, after the first month or so, probably? probably, Yeah, I mean, not even the first month. We didn't really get a chance to talk about it much, and it seemed like they had a lot of great young talent last season, specifically Chase DeLauter, who was, I think, by the time when the season shut down, was batting what it seemed like above 400 and was just raking everything. He went to the RCBL and was batting above 500 and was a monster. Granted, that was the RCBL, and it wasn't a normal, like, Cape Cod League or Valley Baseball League. (laughs) You could say that again. (laughs) But now we're into into the 2021 season, and they're three and six. And I think Bennett and I have been a little down on them where we had really high expectations with the likes of Dabney and Delauder and Rafe Snyder and all these young talent. And Just give me your elevator pitch for JMU baseball so far this season.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a lot of high hopes for this team going into 2021 just because that extra year, I think, was awesome for a lot of guys – Fox Simone's is back uh, again, and we always yeah, joke about the twenty-second year, right? I think it's yeah. <laughs> year, Like he might be married with kids by now. I don't know. I think I've changed careers. I've gotten married. I've had a kid. I've moved. Like all these major life events <laughs> since Fox <laughs> Simone started playing baseball. Um, but, and there's actually a scout. He was at the last game at VMI uh, that I got to go to. And there's a scout there. And I recognize him. And he's still, like, after all these years, I want to ask him how many hours of film he has on Fox Simones because he still, like, gets up and walks around to get footage and timing him. So, I, I don't know. Uh, I think he's an A's scout. So, if Fox Simones isn't playing for the Oakland A's next year, then that guy's wasting a lot of time um, <laughs> in Harrisonburg. But, um, yeah, I mean, you had Fox Simones coming back. You had Brady Haru coming back as well. That's kind of like, you know, JMU basketball bringing out Scholes back though, um, to be totally honest. Uh, but you know, he's a veteran there, back on the team. Uh, I'm try to paint this in a, in a positive light here. You mentioned Chase DeLauder. Fox Simonsa is really a valuable and versatile player. Uh, Michael Morgan behind the plate. He's a Buster Posey uh, watchless finalist now. Uh, it's kind of a tradition for JMU baseball catchers. You're really good. Uh, Connor Hardigan. A lot of injuries. Tommy John surgery uh, for an outfielder or hitter is is rare, but it happens. Uh, he's back and healthy. I think he's one of the more dangerous hitters in the whole conference, and he's starting to show that this year. Um, you mentioned Trey Dabney being back and healthy. He had a, a wrist or, or some hand injury that he got in the Valley League when he played what, two years ago now. But he's back and healthy. They found a home for him in the outfield, but he got hurt, again, that last game against the B.M.I. that they were home, the Thursday game. He took a pretty nasty slide in the second base very late in the game. Uh, they carted him off the field and, and back to Memorial. So uh, that's kind of scary there. We'll see what happens with that. But uh, the pitching staff, is, you had it there. Nick Stewart's back. Uh, Justin Showalter's back, although he hasn't pitched at all this year uh, yet. Uh, both of those guys turned out MLB offers, supposedly. So, I mean, there's a deep roster, probably the most veteran roster in the CAA. But, yeah, it's been a rough go for 2021 so far. And now COVID hitting. It's, not making things any better.
1: What's been the issue? I mean, sitting at three and six, it's, I mean, I'm just looking over the schedule and it seems like every time I'm pulling up Jamie baseball Twitter, it's, it's talking about another tough loss or the pitching staff is just getting shell shocked. What's, what's been the issue?
0: Yeah, I think, so you had that, that unexpected series against UNC, uh, which yeah. was kind of like a last-second thing against a pretty good ACC program that's kind of fallen down a little bit. But uh, they really took it to to start. But, again, two close games there. The bats started to come around against in that Bowling Green series. They put up a 15 spot on that Saturday game. Uh, runs haven't really been an issue as the bats have settled in, but I think it is the pitching, like you mentioned. I mean, right now, looking at some of the numbers, and only has played fewer games with them in the conference, but I mean, they're dead last in the e, in CAA and ERA at 701, uh, which, you know, is, is not great. Um, a lot of walks, a whole lot of walks for the pitching staff. Uh, usually this is a pitching staff that you see. They won't give up home runs. They strike out a lot of guys and they don't walk anybody. But, you know, I think it's just guys trying to find the rhythm, settle in. Um, you know, Nick Stewart is MLB quality pitcher. Uh, multiple teams had offers on him reportedly after the draft, but they were kind of, the draft process last year is kind of a joke, kind of like all of Major League Baseball as an organization. He's burned to the ground at this point. But um, Justin Showalter was statistically one of the top pitchers in the country last year. But, again, they say he has just hasn't been stretched out yet. But who knows what's going on there. Um, getting him back will certainly help. Hunter Ensminger, who started opening day against UNC, I think he's made, like, one more appearance since then. It wasn't a good appearance against UNC. Uh, so, I don't know what's going on there. So, I think it's just trying to find a rotation, find a schedule for the bullpen arms. Maybe something turns around here, CAA play like gets going on. But yeah, I think it's just trying to find that rhythm at this point. Yeah. It's a veteran staff, so we'll, we'll see what happens, though.
2: Yeah. Having you talk about it calms me down a little bit, just because knowing that some of the pitchers, which I think I knew but maybe didn't process, haven't necessarily gotten going yet or, or even pitched. I think is an important thing to to know because, yeah, they have been hitting the ball pretty well. They've only had, what, three series, I guess, so far in the nine games, and yeah. North Carolina's were really darn good, especially that first I think it's Love is their, their ace. He shut Virginia yeah. down pretty good, so he's he's been really solid for them, so that was a tough one. They were competitive the rest of the series, got one, or I guess won the series against VMI and were somewhat competitive against Bowling Green, but, how patient should we be with this team and, and with this year? Because I know we always talk about how much the Valley loves baseball, and certainly JMU making, you know, or at least contending for an NCAA tournament, I think is something that JMU fans want and, and people in the Valley would adore.
0: Yeah, certainly. I mean, just so much good quality, even down to the high school level. I think every high school program in Rockingham County has at least one, if not two, D1 prospects on their roster. Jeez. Uh, and JMU is starting to recruit some of those guys, uh, but. You know, I think this year it's tough because you had you have the COVID issues always looming, and they're going to loom for the rest of baseball season. And JMU is only playing like 35, 36 games this year, while a lot of other CAA teams are playing a lot more games. They're up in the 50 range. Uh, so there's really like no, and now with this shutdown, there's really no chance for this team to like, they, they've got to hit the ground running at this point. Um, it is kind of frustrating because we've seen this team kind of the trajectory is moving upwards very slowly, but upwards every year under Marlon Eikenberry. Uh And last year they finally made the CAA tournament, but we're bouncing the first two games, even though I think I remember coming on the show and saying, they got the sixth seed or the last seed, but that was going to put them in the best position. And that didn't turn out very well.
1: Um, but, <laughs> I wasn't going to bring that up, but if you bring that up.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, let's be transparent. Um, no, no, I think, And looking at the way the CAA is set up with this really stupid divisional format, um, they were, before the season started looking at it, I thought, like, there's no chance JMU is gonna do much of anything this year. Like, they could actually have a really good year. We'll say that. That was kind of harsh. They could have a really good year, but they're in the same conference as Charleston and UNCW and Elon. And that's just a monster of a division in the CAA baseball. And then you have William & Mary, who always gives JMU a fits. Um, but then in the north, you have Northeastern, who's going to be Northeastern. They're really good. Hofstra, who is, you know, they're going to go 10 rounds with you, but JMU typically comes out on the positive end of those games. And then Delaware and Towson, who don't put up much of a fight when it comes to baseball at all. Um, and no CAA tournament. So I thought this is going to be super tough year for JMU to, to crack that. Um, but actually the CAA South is pretty wide open based on what these teams look like. Elon is not very good to be totally honest. Charleston doesn't have that high-powered offense. So there's certainly a path for JMU to take this division, uh, but it's just a matter of are they going to be able to get back on the field and, and compete?
2: We're going to Omaha, baby. That's what, <laughs> that's
0: what I just that's heard. What
1: Book like. your tickets now. We're going to the College <laughs> World Series. This is this team is a team of destiny.
2: <laughs>
1: team destiny, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that, three and six, but – Destiny is soon coming. Hey, Walter, once he starts pitching, we'll watch out.
0: I mean, he was a, a very good pitcher. I remember uh, a story I heard from one of the coaches when I saw him before a football game last year. He told me that when Justin Showalter came on the campus, he could barely, like, bench press just the bar, no weights on it. Uh, and now he's, like, a future MLB. <laughs> he is an MLB prospect now. So it's fun to watch his growth. But, yeah, I don't College World Series, um, might need a few more pieces. But. Yeah, probably.
1: I remember Walter, his first season in the Valley with the Stanton Braves, he was just buried on that bullpen. And then all of a sudden, like, I think we were talking with you and just seeing how the season played out then that next year for JMU. And all of a sudden he's like a starter, like their back end starter. And, was, and he was putting up good numbers. And I was like, I just saw this kid get destroyed by the Turks game in and game out, and you're telling me he's a JMU level star and now he's like the ace or one of the top guys. And it's just like, what a growth, what growth from him, but hopefully we see him get going. Yeah.
2: Yeah, It's, it's interesting too, because the COVID really did hurt them because they were playing some darn good baseball last year. I think their last game, I think they beat Maryland was how they, they ended the season. So like that was a pretty high note. They were 10 and six looking good. And then obviously did not have that now, but I think patience is good, but also, there's probably a need at some point for the program to to get going and it sounds like they'll at least have a couple of chances with with some of the conference series
0: yeah for sure I mean, we'll have to see how it goes and like you said that vmi they did take two out of three from vmi in a weird like thursday saturday sunday series thursday in harrisonburg yeah saturday <laughs> and sunday vmi which like you're already trying to limit travel i don't know <laughs> why you need to do all that but um i think saturday and sunday they didn't have No Chase DeLauder, no Kyle Novak. He hasn't played since you can see. I don't know what's going on there. You know, trying to find any information out about college baseball, as as I'm sure you know very well, Bennett, it's – unless you're going to know, like, there's no information to find out. Uh, But you hit Kyle Novak. uh, Nick Zona was not in the lineup. Uh, Fox Simones wasn't in the lineup Saturday or Sunday. He actually – there's a collision at first base on Thursday, so I was afraid it was an injury. But then you see all these guys out of the lineup, all the regulars out Saturday, Sunday. And now the COVID news, <laughs> not speculating at all, but I'm just saying they, they won this series without any of their regular Saturday and Sunday. So that was a huge positive. But now we're, we're on pause and we're in wait and see mode.
2: Gosh, this, this context is super valuable because as you were saying, and, and maybe we'll give you the, a chance to get on your soapbox here, but in terms of following college baseball, it's very hard and kind of terrible. So how to, for a JMU fan who wants to keep track of JMU baseball, and they've found that streaming is very limited. How, what is your advice in terms of actually following
0: this team? I mean, you just gotta get what you can get. I mean, I think um, it it sucks because even the UNC game, I think the second game, you know, the ACC, as you very well know, has their own network designed to show sports from the ACC. And they're like, yeah, we're not gonna show UNC baseball uh, this weekend. Uh, And so to get JMU on TV is really difficult. even without the pandemic stuff, you might see JMU on Madison like Friday night, three times a season. Um, so it's really tough, but they do have like their Facebook feed that they're showing, which is something. Um, I have lots of opinions about how JMU goes about in getting the word out on their baseball program because like college baseball and like prospects like Chase the Lauder and Nick Stewart, there are people out there that are craving that information And they would tune into Matazone every chance they got uh, to watch those guys play and get information from them. And you see other schools even, this is kind of going off on a tangent, but you see other schools like Kansas State, Wake Forest, they have like analytics, Twitter accounts. And so when you see guys like, oh, here's a spin rate, here's an exit velocity on on hits and stuff, and they're putting those graphics and data out there, and then JMU is like, where's Kyle Novak? We have no idea. Uh, There's just no information about where guys even are on the roster now. Um, so I, I just, I want to say JMU do more because it, so many guys now are in minor league baseball from this roster just for the last few years. We saw Nick Robertson pitching for the, the Dodgers a couple of nights ago in spring training. Like I, there's talent here and JMU doesn't do a very good job at all of, of broadcasting that. So hopefully that improves down the road once, once the pandemic uh, is behind us.
1: Ben and I were talking about that, how at one point it seemed like there was, what, like four MLB arms like, that are on rosters yeah. right now, and you yeah. would have not known based on the way everything was being done. And working in the press box for a season, do they have all that information, too? Like that, I think that's the most irritating part. They're keeping track. I mean, because of, of course they have to for their own scouting reasons and their own just like development reasons. So they have all of that literally six feet away from the person <laughs> tweeting out the game and the team is just so tight lipped on it of like, well, we don't want anyone to know what his spin rate is or what his exit velo, or what his, his bat speed is like, we just want to keep all of that in house. And yeah, that would be so much, if we could have fun, like so many of the top programs have those awesome graphics of just laying it out. And I'm not even a baseball analytics nerd. Like I love analytics, but I, I don't like get into the nitty gritty. But if you gave me a graphic, Telling me the pitcher's spin rate and like then showing me his that'd be so fun.
0: Yeah, like I mean, it's really cool to see, and that could explain a lot more. Like you just look at Nick Stewart's stats right now. Like his baseline, his baseball card numbers, you call them, aren't very good to be totally honest. But like we don't know. Like what is that fastball really doing? Like is that fastball really moving? Uh, And that's what the scouts are looking at, and so that's why you see guys like Dan Goggin was a guy a couple years ago. Uh, his baseball card numbers were kind of horrific on this roster. He had an ERA like five or six, um, you know, giving up a couple of runs in most outings, but he's pitching in the New York Mets organization because of that, the stuff that you don't see on JMU sports statistics website. Uh, they have all that information too. I know JMU baseball has done a fantastic job behind the scenes of creating an analytics department and getting that. They have more than enough high quality information that could make this team really fun to follow. But, yeah, it's, it's super tight-lipped and for a lot of these organizations. And they do it majorly level, too, over the yeah. last year. I think the pandemic caused a lot of MLB teams to say, we're going to keep this in-house and, and you can't come to our stadium and watch because of attendance issues and sorry for your look.
1: Yeah. I think last question, unless Bennett has another one, This season, okay. (laughs) This season, give me your when we're when we bring you on again at the before they go to the college world series and all of that great stuff. Who's going to be the team's MVP? Um, who's going to be the team's most improved and who's going to kind of be the uh, unsung hero of it all?
0: Hmm, Good questions. (laughs) Uh, I think MVP is. Probably going to be pretty obvious. I want to say Chase the Lauder. I mean, yeah. that guy is a future high round MLB draft pick. Um, it's someone that gets promoted a lot and, and for good reason. Uh, the bat flip was just pretty pretty awesome. I love a good bat flip. I almost thought maybe he's sitting out because of the bat flip, and then I was like, no, let's bat flip more. Um, um, but yes, it's got to be Chase the Lauder for sure. I think MVP most improved. Uh, A name to really watch out for, in my opinion, is Carson Bell. Um, Again, probably most fans, even casual JNU fans, have probably never heard of him because, you know, it's no information out there. But this guy who went to the Valley League after his freshman year and played really well, I can't remember which team he played for, but he's seen a lot of time at at first base and third base this year. Uh, He's one of the team leaders in a lot of offensive categories or approaching the top in a lot of offensive categories. Uh, He's got a big bat. He's going to be a new power bat for this lineup for sure. The unsung hero, I want to go to pitching. Donovan Burke is a really good name who's getting a lot of uh, accolades recently. I think he was CA Pitcher of the Week or something uh, this week because he's just been lights out 19 strikeouts and 11 innings. Uh, He's part of this bullpen that is definitely improving uh, and is going to be, I think, a game changer for this roster moving forward. Uh, But I think the unsung hero is probably going to end up being another name that most people probably haven't heard of Bryce Safarwich. I'm going to throw that name out there. It's, he's a freshman, I think. Yeah. He's a freshman uh, local guy from Richmond, uh, big body. I think he's going to have, be a huge power hitter for this team. He's got a cannon for an arm at third base. He's played a lot of third base played really well against BMI. So I think that could be a guy who if trade down, he's out for an extended period of time, that could be a guy that slips up.
1: Awesome. Well, Bennett had to jump because NCAA tournament, and he has to go talk to Clemson, but I I know I said that was the last one, but now I'm just curious. At the end of the season, what's going to be the team's final record? This is a lot of predictions, and this is where a lot of, um, I think, old takes exposed can come up. But I'm setting you up for it. I want to know, at, at the end of the season, what are we saying? Are we saying this was a failure of a season? Are we saying that's a solid record, or are we kind of blown away by it all?
0: I don't think we're going to be blown away by the record. Um, I think just looking at the schedule, like Elon, if they're still going to play Elon six times, I don't know if that's going to happen or not. But like I said, Elon hasn't looked very good. They've been getting destroyed this year, uh, to be totally honest. UNCW is going to be tough, of course. Um, I think they probably end up around 500 this year, uh, just because there's just so many unknowns with with COVID and everything going on. I'm going to say they'll probably end up around 500. They're going to have some huge wins. They're going to have some tough losses again, I think. If Justin Showalter comes back and pitches well and, and the bullpen steps up, uh, for sure they can definitely improve upon that. But, yeah, I understand why a lot of people are kind of frustrated. They want to see results. It's yeah. There's a pretty good comparison to, like, the last few years of JMU men's basketball and Jamie men's baseball. Like, there's so much talent, but we just haven't seen results. And it's there. We just got to get it out. And,
1: that's Ben. Yeah, Ben and I have talked about that on a, on multiple occasions, where we're like, "Is Eichenberry's seat warming up?" Because they do have these great the great recruits, but it just seems like oh, again and again and again, they're either missing out on the CAA tournament or they're they're getting bounced in the first round. I think last season kind of they were on the right trajectory to have a really good season, and then COVID messed everything up. um And now this season, I think is kind of another not wasted season, but it's kind of a uh, when we look back at it all, it's kind of a season that you go, well, they were dealing with COVID the entire time. So I think in 20, what, 2022, 2021, 2022 next season is when I think we'll start to really, really as JMU fans and especially as, as a more casual JMU baseball fan, I really want to see results.
0: Yeah. And I think, I hope, I hope, I know there's been lots of talk, you know, is Marlon Ackenberry seat hot and it's because it's been a few years now. We're talking five or six years. I think his contract was supposed to run up last year and they gave him one more year. You give you like a COVID year, I guess, is what we're calling <laughs> this. But um, so I think his contract is up again at the end of this year. And whether or not Jamie extends it, I hope they do. I think I think he finally has his team in place with his style of baseball that they want to play. It's not gonna overpower you. Uh, Fox Simone's is gonna is gonna bunt. Uh, almost every at bat it seems like but because he's so fast and he gets on base uh and a lot of guys in this lineup, your cleanup hitter in this jamie lineup Trey dabney even he's gonna bunt uh if marlon acenberry wants him to uh and the things that jimmy jackson is doing with his pitching staff are phenomenal i mean the guy just produces mlb draft picks
1: it's just a revolving door of of great arms it seems like yeah
0: and, and what they're doing behind the scenes i think there's so many good things behind the scenes it's just a matter of putting it all together and like i said and so Hopefully this, this staff is in place next year. I don't want to see them go anywhere. I want to see them I want to see what this roster can do because they're so young. I think there's only like two or three seniors on this team. So
1: you, the way you described that with bunching it gave me a lot of Harrisonburg Turks, Bob Weiss um small ball moving the runners over and it gave me a lot of flashbacks of that. So I don't know how I feel about that, but as long as I guess they're producing wins, <laughs> I'm fine with it. It
0: hey, it wins. It wins baseball games apparently still so we'll see. <laughs>
1: Somehow, some way, I guess. I guess. I guess. Strategic baseball isn't dead, and home runs aren't the king in Harrisonburg, at least.
0: Yeah, just just don't say you like bunting on on Twitter, or baseball Twitter will destroy you.
1: I won't say it on Twitter. I'll say it. It, it has its place. It's it's fun sometimes. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us, Nick. Um, I know Bennett is going to listen back to this and use it as all of his fuel for his tweets later on when he's tweeting about JMU baseball and UVA baseball. But we hope that this season goes well and that we're seeing a lot of your positive JMU baseball content throughout this season. Thank you so much for joining us.
0: Anytime. Glad to be
1: on.
2: It was a great conversation with Nick Stevens. Uh, Glad to have him to sort of help, I don't know if I would say steer us straight, but I feel a lot less negative about baseball i did i don't know if you feel the same
1: well it's funny i think any sport you do that like that's what happens so like if you're just box score watching i mean football's a terrible example because when you watch the games you hate the games um <laughs> <laughs> but like like basketball right. like early on in the season in basketball like if you were just looking at their outcomes and you're like wow two MIAC losses this team is the right. same team as it always was but if you watch the games you were like oh, they had a lead against Morgan State late and they just kind of faltered down the stretch and you can chalk that up to growing pains and all this stuff. Um, and I think that's that that really helped with baseball. You're looking at the box scores and you're like, this team is bad. They allowed, what, 14 runs to Bowling Green and 10 the next, like, you allowed 24 runs over a 48-hour period, that's terrible. But then you talk to Nick and he's kind of like, the bats are there, the bats are are." are popping the bats are alive this pitching staff just kind of needs to come up and the hardest part's done now that and some of the top pitchers just aren't pitching the same amount that they used to because of COVID so there's hope and also after you left we talked a little bit more about Marlon Eikenberry's hot seat and oh. we he, he believes his seat because at the end of last season he and, and I apologize to the listeners who just listened to this, but I have to rehash <laughs> it out for Bennett. Um, at the end of last season, his uh, contract was up, but they gave him a one-year extension, which is this year. Oh, that is hot CD. But it seems like because this is a weird COVID year, he'll probably he get make. another one more year extension, and he's kind of on these prove-it deals almost. So his seat hmm. is a little bit warm, um, but – Nick thinks his seat he he should stay. He really likes what Jimmy Jackson, the pitching coach, is doing, which is very true because Jimmy Jackson's put in, I think, at this point four or five MLB arms, um, and he and he thinks Eikenberry finally has his complete squad, the, a squad that can play small ball. I, I I think that's what you call it, where you bunt, run, move over the runners into scoring position. Very Bob Weese, Harrisonburg Turks style is what I is what I pointed out during the talk, but. We'll see. I mean, I think this is a wasted year, but it's good to know that there's a lot of young talent and chase the is a monster.
2: Yeah. uh, They scored. What did they score? They scored 28 runs in the three games against Bmi. So very small with that (laughs) small ball. No, we'll see how it goes. Um, I've got my, my doubts and things like that. What do we actually want to talk about on this podcast? Aside from baseball, we got football in a COVID pause. There's questions about whether the season, I had two things I wanted to talk about with you, right?
1: Yeah, I you hit them first. Said, you hit your things first because you you were you were talking about these X, <sighs> and we were like, we need to put this the right. podcast form.
2: Yeah, I was saying that first. First off, we had talked in the fall about like spring FCS football being a cool idea. permanently. Jack, it sucks. Like, it is the absolute worst, and I hate it.
1: I think the. Best I don't part care your about statement, these- Your statement right there is that you didn't just start with it sucks. You said Jack, it sucks. But guess <laughs> it's how you so know it- bad.
2: Like it's so bad. I mean, it's not interesting, like for a lot of reasons. First of all, you don't even have like all the teams, but it's kind of boring. It's weird. It doesn't feel like a real season, partially because JMU is not playing well, partially because of the COVID pauses. But also like if they had played this weekend, I did a, not to brag, I did a a radio hit with ESPN Richmond this week. And at the end they were like, you're looking forward to watching JMU. And I was like, I have no idea what they're talking about. And I was like, oh yeah, obviously pieced it together. Eventually that it was football. But I was like, "What? Like, oh, there's a game on Saturday, and then obviously it got canceled, which is or postponed, which is part of the reason I wasn't excited because I figured it it might. Um, no, but like, I'm not even excited about the games. Like, the NCAA tournament is going on. We have a lot of sports that are interesting. Like, there's some big time golf tournaments. I know most people don't care about that, but like, I don't know. It's not. There's too much else going on that isn't football for me to care about football.
1: I was gonna say, like, if they played this Saturday, you're competing with the first round of the NCAA tournament." And I know we talked about it a lot of, like, early on in the fall when we were like, the spring's going to be awesome because there's not going to be no football, and America loves football, and people are going to flock to it, and this and that and this and that, and it's going to be great for the growth of FCS. We were so flipping wrong. I think I undersold my love for college hoops, and I undersold America's love for college hoops during this time. America doesn't love college hoops back in November, December, January, but they start to pick it up in February, in March, right when the FCS season's kicking off, is at the height of college hoops popularity. And then that just keeps going up during this time. And FCS football is here. And all the major markets and major, um, major networks are putting on college hoops, are putting on the Big East tournament. I, I'm pretty sure I said back in the fall when we were talking about this, who, who America would rather watch FCS football than they would Big East tournament no no completely wrong very completely wrong and so that was, uh, that was I think it's players. more so that it's just a bad product I, I don't even I think even yes. if JMU was like yes. good I, I would still not care
2: yes it's like the FCS level is not I hate to do this but it's like it's there are really good football players on JMU's football team they're really good players at the FCS level but the overall product is not as good as FBS football for a reason right They're they're typically getting better recruits and people love to talk about like the stars don't matter, and the Super Bowl roster makeup actually had this many kids from none of that really matters. It's Like the the overall level of play of a Clemson in an Alabama is significantly better than a North Dakota State game, right? That's that's not really a shock. They also have more scholarships. There are a lot of reasons, but anyway, it's not quite as good.
1: In the fall, nobody really cares about the FCS, right? We do, and it bans us to. Get, and I like that. Like yes. I like that everyone's like FBS, FBS, and we're like. No, on Saturday, you know what I'm watching? JMU take on Richmond in this, in this rivalry that only means something to the two fan bases. Like, that's right. fun.
2: Right. It's like there's Saturday is the day for football. And in the spring, it's like Saturday is the day for baseball and softball and, and now football. But also, you know, lacrosse and basketball when the, the teams were playing. So it's just hard to compete with all that. But I think it's, it's better in the fall. People are in the football mode in the fall. No one nationally is really going to care whenever. So keep it in the fall, um, which they're not changing it, but like keep yeah. it in the fall so that the people who actually do care about the FCS normally can still care about it normally.
1: And I would say even the product is better in fall. Like yeah. if you're talking about it as a commodity, FCS football is better in the fall because that's like when, because humans are just like a product of repetition Excuse me, sorry. <laughs> they get going every year for the fall, and they, they put yeah. t- and that's normal. That's what they always do. They've played football in the fall since they were in middle school, working their way to become a college football player. And it's just like now you're going in the spring, and it's completely different. And I think that's why we're seeing a lot of bad, weird, funky play too, like Villanova, Villanova losing plays. to Rhode Island. If that was in the fall, I don't think that happens.
2: Yeah, it's – it's something else, you know, it's, it's a little ridiculous. Um, but I, I'm happy that it is what it is, you know, it, it works out and for us to learn it the hard way. Fine. We'll, yeah, uh, exactly. We'll make do that way. I'm trying to find my other thing that I texted you. We text too much that I can't even find it. My second thing I think might've just been, um, Oh, I think one of my takes is that I like as a fan, I don't care what happens the rest of the season. They're missed two games already because of COVID. They weren't playing well. They've had a quarterback change. Like I really do not care, but I think that fans should, should calm down without like cancel the season. I'm out. I don't care. Okay. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if you care. It's more about like if the players want to continue and they can do so safely and it's not going to be, obviously it's, it's already been a COVID risk, but it's not too much of a COVID risk compared to different things. I don't know that they got it practicing, right? They said it was the dorms. I think if, Obviously, there's probably some other stuff going on, but whatever it was probably has a good chance of happening, even if they're not playing football.
1: Yeah, I think think especially through the FBS season, sorry to interrupt you, but I don't think we've seen a lot of clusters spread through the playing of sports, which is weird because they're coughing and hacking up stuff all over each other. But I I don't think I've seen it where (laughs) a player tests positive on JMU the day after a Saturday game and then on monday elon test positive like i we haven't really seen that across college college football college basketball we haven't seen that so yeah this in all honesty like they probably would have gotten covid without it like it's just the way of life
2: tough my i guess my my take is basically that, like, even if they don't make the playoffs, I think you have to have a minimum of, like, four games for at-large consideration. I don't know what the CA minimum is. But let's say they only play one more game. They don't even get considered for the playoffs. Like, if the players want to do it and it would help them mentally and it's something that they are interested in doing and they can do, then, like, I think that should be more of the consideration, not, like, fans being like, you know what, I'm kind of checked out. Like, nobody cares. Yeah, checked out. Like, I am checked out, but it shouldn't matter to should be like, all right, how can we give the players – an experience where they're safe. And obviously they, I would argue, um, need to look into that a little more because they really haven't done a good job of keeping them safe. 28 of the players are dealing, but I don't know
1: what the, the protocols were or how it actually spread. So I won't speculate too much, but... I want to get yeah. your take on this. Is CA... So we've talked about FCS just being a bad product at the, yes. in the spring. We just saw Villanova lose to Villanova. Wow, I just almost said Villanova lost to Villanova. We saw Villanova lose to Rhode Island. We saw Albany lose to St- Maine. I'm yes. trying to remember the craziness of it all. It was just a crazy Saturday.
2: Yeah, well, Villanova's without Gillespie, man. I mean, he's a big time point guard. You don't have him, you're going to suffer a little bit. And I think went Republican a game on Saturday.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or Friday, <whatever>. wrong Villanova. <laughs> You think Colin Gillespie's injury impacts the football program as well?
2: You have to imagine that they <laughs> they want Gillespie healthy
1: mentally, no, just to know their basketball team. But my take is this: the CAA, even in a fall season, I don't think it's that great. Like we compare it to like the Missouri this, Valley. I think the Missouri see, Valley has like this is the other thing we we're going to talk about: national championship contenders at this point in the season. Way too early, national championship. Sure. Game. But first, I want to hit this. Is the CAA good? Is the FCS bad? Or is the CAA, do we just overhype them?
2: Here's the thing. Chase Kitty was mentioning this where like, you know, the Missouri Valley, like they'll have a grinded out close game. And the reaction is like, wow, both of those teams are gritty and good. And then like Villanova and Stony Brook do it. And people are like, wow, those teams suck. So I I think there's a, like, I think the Valley is a little bit better, but I think the CAA relative to the rest of the FCS is still a very good league um yeah but it's it's not I don't know
1: <laughs> that's actually a really good point I like that point that 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 proves me wrong because that is very true we, we we kind of hold it to different standards like Rhode Island also might be a good team this season so the fact that they, <laughs> no they might it's fair the other point that I go back to that I question is like I don't think
2: anyone from the conference is going to win the national championship this year
1: well, that's a perfect segue because give me your top three national championship contenders as of this moment. I know people talk about it's way too early to be doing these rankings, and you're probably right, but we need content. So give me your top three.
2: Well, you know, I was interested in putting JMU in there. I think your, your poll that you had put out was sickening to me. Um, your CA
1: poll, as they know, the CA
2: power rankings.
1: I don't know if you saw someone calling me stupid, delusional, and not knowing what I was talking about in my Twitter mentions. I would have done it,
2: but um, <laughs> I block. You've got Jamus. You got us JMU What fifth? in the CA power rankings.
1: Yeah, I do. I stand by it until yeah. they play again. They haven't looked good, and they're on a COVID pause. I think it's fair. <laughs> um, <laughs> the only question three- do all is all. Is, sorry to interrupt, but now I just have to kind of talk it out. I Albany might be down there. But I felt weird putting Richmond at three and JMU at four. No matter what, Richmond is above JMU in the power rankings right now. I'm not talking about a poll. I'm talking about a power ranking. How they played. Richmond is above JMU. Like, that's without a question. I just felt weird putting Richmond that high. So I was like, I still have faith in the undercuffler. So I'm going to put Albany there, and then from there we'll we'll play it out. But what were you saying? My apologies.
2: CAA had a bad weekend in terms of upsets where it's taken almost everyone out of the national. (laughs) Like, you better win the conference or, like, go undefeated the rest of the way or you're not. You're not getting in um so they had a tough scene there i would say north dakota resume i think they are representing a national title contender am i still here weber state there you are weber state i think is good
1: they lose i honestly don't know weber state lose no weber state's i have the i have the i have the rankings pulled up weber state's 2-0 okay i thought they lost for some reason No, North Dakota State lost. Can you hear that? that. Not really. What is it? Is there like a weird hum in my background? It's probably me. No, it's me. They're sawing something above me.
2: It sounds like someone's vacuuming Yeah. Oh, you're right.
1: This is a complete tangent. I think that's exactly what this podcast has kind of become. They're remodeling the apartment above me. and It's been so loud. Back to what you were saying.
2: I don't know who the good teams are.
1: See, that's the problem. But I'll say North Dakota, Weber State, and then I need a third one. You do. Right. You know who had a good win this weekend? Don't say Sam Houston State. I mean, Sam Houston State had a good win over <laughs> God.
2: Maybe that conference is just bad. Jacksonville yeah, like, State's had a really good season.
1: That conference is bad, though. But isn't
2: Cooper broke his leg. Cooper Cup? Uh, yeah, Cooper Cup. <laughs> Zarek, I think it's Zarek Cooper. I think he broke his leg and is out for the spring because then Sam Herter, I remember Sam Herter tweeted that in the winter and he responded, it's like, no, I didn't. And then it came out the next day, like officially that he did break his leg. It was very weird. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's like, I'm hear, fine.
1: <laughs> you want to hear my top three as you're trying to figure out your three? Yeah, I'm just gonna take uh I'll take Jamie with three old all right JMU, i think to me is in my top five but not my top three top three is really? north dakota yeah north dakota's looked really good this season and
2: they've looked phenomenal i've been super impressed with how they've played so far
1: i think they're the team to beat um weaver state good pick good pick dude it kind of feels like you're copying my picks but
2: and delaware that's a terrible <laughs> delaware
1: danny Rocco. have you seen they do them look play? really good i haven't watched them at all no they've allowed three points on You bet, okay. No, they're a really good team. They allowed no points in the first week, and they allowed just three in week two. And their offense is producing, their special teams is producing, and their defense is just locking people down. They have the perfect, you know, um, formula to win a national championship. Will it happen? Probably not. They also – But they're good. They're not playing this weekend. Is that correct? Yeah, they're postponed this weekend.
2: Was that because of them or New Hampshire? New Hampshire. New Hampshire. That's great news for Delaware. Um, they're avoiding COVID as well as they can. Nolan Henderson. Um, I think he's probably a day two prospect, right? Nolan Henderson's a guy we expect to see in the league. You've said that first, and uh, I'll just trust you on it. And I can be that? Nolan? Henderson. He's similar. I think he's similar to Patrick Mahomes from what I've,
1: what I've heard on the broadcast. Oh, my God. Why'd you have to bring that up? Yeah, that, that upset me so much. He's throwing four-yard – he won't even get me started. This, this. Nolan Henderson does not look like Patrick Mahomes. Nolan Henderson looks like Nolan Henderson.
2: He is a decent quarterback, though. They haven't had a good quarterback. I remember that – remember that playoff game before. We lost to Colgate. It was 20-6. to 6. They had a left-handed kid who might as well have just been – that shouldn't be mean. But, like, he looked like he was pulled out of the stands and playing. Like, he was not good. He was not in, in rhythm. He struggled. He struggled. They haven't had a good quarterback in a while, since Joe Flacco, probably. I don't know who else they've had. But that's been a big issue for them. season. because they that can't you have know, Joe Flacco can complete passes. Oh. I don't know anyone. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> well, awesome. they were bad, like, since I've since since 2014, they've had pretty bad quarterbacks. Like, they go in, and you're like, well, Delaware's going to be good defensively. They can probably run the ball, and their quarterbacks can go seven of 23.
1: Kind of sounds like JMU this season.
2: That's Gage
1: Bloney's Heisman Trophy candidate. But
2: uh, Spring Heisman. No, but Delaware's good. And I think the fact that um, Maine looked good the week after Delaware crushed them and Stony Brook played Villanova tight and they killed Stony Brook. So I think they're through two. They do look pretty good. I think that's, it's a
1: fair pick. In my power rankings, I was laying out like what happened. And I essentially was just like Delaware beat Delaware beat Maine by 37 Maine beat Albany by four and I was like, is Albany really 41 points worse than Delaware? No. They're not. No they're not at all. <laughs> By the, but it was just funny because like – The transitive property, yeah. It's, transitive property is so much fun in football. Okay, our last segment before we get up out of here. We haven't done the CA weekly pick on air. Oh, yeah, we got to do that. And are we talking hoops? Or oh, we yeah, we, we got to talk. We gotta we'll, talk. Do quick, so this, we'll do a quick hoops. Let's do the pick'em though. Okay, so we got um, Delaware, right. New Hampshire
2: postponed. Maine, Stony Brook. <laughs> Oh, this is tough because I think both these teams
1: have, I have no idea what to expect. I'll Maine tell just you beat this. somebody. I'll tell yeah. you this. It's at Stony Brook. Doesn't mean anything to oh. me. <laughs> is that
2: big? Is it hard to play in their what's their stadium even called?
1: I don't know, but the I Ice House. Stony Brook granted this was Villanova, so we don't know how good Villanova is, but Villanova only scored – only beat Stony Brook by three. Didn't Maine just beat Villanova? Who did Maine Maine beat Albany? Maine beat Albany.
2: And they look good in that game. They bounce back. I'll take Stony Brook. I think Stony Brook is worthy of a victory. Um, I think they're going to be fired up after getting blown out. <laughs> that logic. doesn't make any sense. Uh, this pick sucks, but I'll take Stony Brook. Whatever. You're taking Stony Brook? Yeah, who are you taking?
1: All right, I'm taking Maine. All right, you have to pick first for the next game. <laughs> next game is Rhode Island at Albany. I'm going to go Albany. Rhode Island looked good, right? They haven't played. No, they
2: have. They (laughs) they beat Villanova. Okay, you go. I knew somebody beat Villanova. That's good for them. And they're playing who? They're playing Albany? I'll take Albany. I think they'll bounce back under Cuffler.
1: Rhode Island's defense sucks. Their offense just hung up 40. Yeah, that's true. I'll take Albany then. Okay, and then last one. Elon at William & Mary.
2: I think William Mary just got mad at Elon. (laughs) Made a huge point last week that I had picked them. I was like tweeting at you, like, hey, fix my pick on the graphic. And then it got blown out by (laughs) Richmond. (laughs) So uh, I think that's why we're tied,
1: isn't it? We We both had the worst week of CA week. Oh, God. I probably did. I get any right. We both, I think, went one for four, (laughs) one for three. (laughs) Yikes. So I have Stony Brook, who's bad. And I have Albany. And then I have William Mary. You're going. You take William? You're gonna go two, two and one. I'm gonna go three and zero. Oh. You take William Mary two then.
2: Uh-huh. Well, yeah. So
1: math works. <laughs> okay, uh, let's move on to hoops. Let's move Look. on to hoops. Um, Women's basketball wrapped up their season. They looked solid and yeah, but the Achilles' heel all season, and it was their Achilles' heel in this game.
2: Turnover the heel. Oh. <laughs> Wondered if it might have actually been there. You know, well, yeah, it was. It was turnovers. They let me just let me just go through this real quick because I I find the box where am I am I there? You're here. It says my internet connection is unstable. Okay. First quarter, it's tied at 20. Both teams. You're like, wow, what a game. JMU blitzes them in the second quarter, 19 to nine. They're up 10 at halftime. They get <laughs> they get outscored by 19, 26 to seven in the third quarter. So they are they've what they're down nine
1: I think they're down nine at half oh after the third quarter
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and then they outscored Drexel by nine in the fourth quarter send it to OT but like what in the world it's if they go 19 to nine then 26 to seven the wrong way and then 19 to 10 just shocking and unbelievable but they're fun to watch they're really good um yeah I mean they turned the ball over 20 times and had eight assists so like not quite where you're looking for in that in that department but they shot it well poorly sorry <laughs> They, I mean, like, they have room to grow, but I love the the group. Like, Kiki Jefferson scored 31 and had 11 rebounds. She had eight, eight turnovers, but um, she's a star. They got freshmen that are going to be sophomores that are going to be good. They got talent. They got more experience now. I kind of think, and this is maybe a dumb take, I think it was a perfect result for both the men's and women's basketball team to not win the conference title. Why? Because if they had won the conference title – everyone next year would be expecting them to win the conference title again. There'd be all these pressures. They'd have fans in the stands. I think now, like there are expectations, but they it would be very hard for both of these teams to fall short of what they did this season. Like if the JMU men's basketball somehow doesn't make the semifinals next year, I'd be kind of surprised at least the semifinals. I think they're going to be in the mix to win the league. They're going to have fans in the stands, which would be sweet. Then you've got the women's team. Same thing. I think they're, going to actually be a legitimate favorite next season I think they'll they'll make at least the I think they're gonna win the conference next year so I think like it sets them up in a spot where they're gonna sort of build on what they did this year which I think is perfect because they're young if they had won it I think then you've got these more expectations where it's like the women's team you want to see them win NCAA tournament games and the men's team same thing so I think they've I don't know if that really be the same thing. If they were 16 seed, I don't think you would expect them next year to, <laughs> to win games. But I think it, it sets up well, and this is this is wrong. Like, this take is wrong. It would have been way cooler if they were in the tournament. But I'm going to stick to it and say that I think it actually worked out pretty well where they had good regular seasons, the young players grew, and now they just build off it.
1: I don't hate that. I don't hate that take. It's a great take. Again, you'd rather they win, but... Yeah, I mean, of course, duh. Um... <laughs> It was just so – this this team, I think a lot of Kiki Jefferson's turnovers came late when she was – Drexel couldn't stop her late. So, I mean, she just took the ball and occasionally had a bad turnover. Um, the key in this game was Peyton McDaniel going 0 for 6 from the floor, 0 for 5, 0 for 5 from 3. That, that doesn't happen. That's an outlier. That's weird. Rain Tucker was injured, I think. That she, also is massive, yeah. She hadn't played – when did she get injured? Let me see. Her last game was the 27th of February, so she was out. She was injured, which is a huge presence is, you're missing. But, but, yeah, I mean, overall, this team is
2: – She's. A, I was saying she's a great player.
1: Yeah, yeah. You, you say it all the time, and it's so true. And what's your point? <laughs> your, your weird take is kind of I, – I, I understand it. This is a perfect pandemic team, and next year they're all going to grow together, and they're going to be really, really good. Kiki Jefferson is – Like, like – yeah. Like team <laughs> – ranked team good if if they don't just mow i mean i expect probably a weird conference loss here and there because like that's always what happens so i won't go out there and say they're gonna be perfect through the conference but if they don't mow through the conference just like absolutely just take that tall grass and make it really short whew, i'll be disappointed
2: yeah i mean they get pretty much everyone back um there might be some roster changes uh off i think could graduate if she wants to and you never know about transfers and how that works. But, like, Claire Neff, the Clemson transfer, came yeah, in and was fantastic. Season. She was great. So she turned out to be a really a really bright spot for the team. Um, for Jalen Carradine to come in and, and play 36 minutes in that overtime game and have eight rebounds is, is awesome and
1: ten Jaylen points. Jalen Carradine so. was she, – she's not the best scorer, I'll say that, but she is – she reminds me a lot of Ania Young in that kind of just like defensive grinder role. Definitely, definitely. She's got those
2: vibes and ability and the, the freshmen are good. They've got talent. Obviously, Kiki, we know about her ability. And I think maybe my favorite thing from the game and the loss was just like the shot distribution where like nobody took 10 shots except for T.T. Jefferson who took 21. Like give me that every day of the week. And made 10 of them. Yeah, and then she got to the line sixteen times. Of her eleven rebounds, nine were offensive. Like Drexel had absolutely no answer, but um, defensively they need to keep getting a little bit better. That'll be an area for growth for sure. And um, yeah, but they're they're going to be good next year. Third quarter, just that that's terrible. Seven. That's more. I think as they get older, I think they'll get better because they had that this year where they're like they would have a quarter where you'd be like, what in the yeah holy
1: and like, it was always I mean, that was the difference in all the games
2: yeah I mean even early in that Buffalo game when they were down like 655 points at halftime and then <laughs> rallied big time it was like what in the world <laughs> just happened so they'll get better and uh, as the restrictions ease a little bit
1: they'll have more time to to practice and be normal college students which I think for for every team is gonna be really beneficial yeah, consistency, 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 consistency is what this team needs next season. And I think growth is going to 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 make that. Is going to make that. Sure.
2: Sure. And uh, we gotta talk men's basketball transfers.
1: Oh, I I was hoping we could avoid this. I'm no, sad, we can avoid man. it. I'm well, sad. <laughs> All right,
2: hit the list. TJ Taylor, Wyoming transfer, he's leaving. That's uh, Michael Chris Michael Christmas is no. leaving. No,
1: no, not Christmas.
2: And Javis Harvey. Those are the three that have announced transfers. So give me your give me your thoughts on those three. Or just
1: the group. Okay. TJ Taylor, he played seven games, had 12 points all season. That's that's okay. Like he he probably didn't get the role he wanted. I'm not saying like he's a selfish kid. By no means go 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 play where you want to play. But he didn't get the role he wanted. Javis Harvey, I think he saw that Wooden was kind of becoming a bigger player and Harvey's minutes were kind of lacking. The reason Harvey was getting so many more minutes later on in the season is because of the Matt Lewis injury. Um, So I think he kind of knew his role was shrinking, and depending on what transfers and uh, recruits they bring in, he was kind of going to go into the the way of Greg Jones. Um, So he's transferring out. And then Michael Christmas, I don't know why. Like, I don't uh, – is it maybe because it wasn't he wasn't a starter, um, but I feel like he was getting good minutes as a sixth man, and I felt like he was growing on this team.
2: That one's definitely the toughest from an on-court perspective because he's a pretty darn good player. I think he, my guess, would be was interested in starting somewhere. I think his his tweet or whatever said he was looking for you know a role that was better for him or, or a spot that would help him grow. I mean, you look like the loss to Elon, he played nine minutes in that game. He had a few fouls. So that's part of it. But like he didn't play 30 minutes in a game all year. He only played over 20 minutes, three times. It was down the stretch. Uh, but he didn't really have a massive role. He was good coming off the bench and definitely gave them a lift, but I think he's someone that is three-star kid, super talented, athletic. I think he wants to play.
1: Yeah, I, I guess yeah. that's true. Yeah. Cause if, if looking at it, he, and also probably last season didn't help either where he got no minutes and he was put <laughs> to the bench. Like, And also it is it is worth noting he was a Lewis Rowe recruit. So I, I imagine he kind of yeah. was like, I'll give Byington a chance and see what my role is. Mm-hmm. And it probably wasn't it was, wasn't one he wanted. He only took 93 shots all season. He's probably a guy that wants to take 150 plus.
2: Some of it too is the kids he brought in like – Terrence Edwards got legit minutes. Yeah. I think you're probably looking at that if you're Harvey or Christmas. You got Jalen Hodge, who at the end of the year they were clearly comfortable trusting. Wouldn't Strickland? Kind of a, yep, Strickland's Wooden, good. Wouldn't Amadi? All
1: these young guys that are, especially yeah, for Michael heard. Christmas, who is like a three-four, and you're looking at Edwards, Strickland, Amadi, who's three-four-five yeah. type of player. You're like, my my minutes are gone.
2: And they're pretty going. They're going pretty hard. And I don't know how much of this was knowing that Christmas was probably going to move on, but they're going pretty hard after Cam Holden, who is, I forget exactly, UT something, it was Tennessee something, where coming. Yeah, I think so. Uh, good player on the wing. They're also looking at a VMI guard who I think shot 43% from three. Oh, my God. And average like 18 a game for them. I would kill for a shooter. They still need some development with the big men. I think there's some hope that Mensa could take a step, but like Dwight Wilson's playing in the NCAA tournament this weekend. He basically averaged a double-double in the MAC. That is – Oh, imagine Dwight if they Wilson, have a guy like
1: that. If Dwight Wilson stayed, JMU would have destroyed the CAA and walked through the CAA tournament. I fully <laughs> yeah, believe they... that. I believe Dwight <laughs> yeah. Wilson would have averaged 20 and 10. And Matt 20 Lewis and 10 is a little. I believe Matt Lewis would have averaged 20 and 10 assists.
2: Why would he have averaged? <laughs> All right. <laughs> His assist total skyrockets of twice there. Yeah, because he he's like, he's going to feed it
1: down or a post. game
2: to 10. Yeah, but he probably dribbles a little bit and they're not assist sometimes. Maybe, maybe they're all assists. You know, <laughs> you, want to, dead.
1: you want to hear a crazy
2: dream. How many I points have. were they scoring a game then? You got two guys that are getting you 40 points, and then you also have the 10 assists from Matt, which I guess some of that could go to Dwight, but what are they scoring 100 a game?
1: <laughs> hey, I can dream. You want to hear the dream I had last night? Yeah. Is this real? This is a legit dream I had last okay. night. Joel Mensah <laughs> was balling out. And was, <laughs> there was a game. It was in the CAA. This is the dream. It's a CAA tournament championship of next season. And Mensa goes and just throws down a nasty dunk to tie it. And then on the next, he, he then gets the stop on the defensive side. And then he gets the ball at the top of the key and just <laughs> drains a three. <laughs>
2: It's the best best portion of the podcast we've ever had. Just a really specific dream about Joel Menzo <laughs> helping JMU come from behind in a conference. <laughs> Not even leading when he dunks, he dies. <laughs> well, we're playing that, we don't even have a good lead. Gosh, but I hope, I hope he's able to contribute for them because they, they need a big guy bad. Do you think Zach Jacobs know... comes back? I would hope so um but obviously you don't know he would definitely get some minutes again he only played 14.3 minutes a game this year so he would be a role player does he really want to do that does he have other stuff lined up I don't know like the NBA lottery I forget when the draft is but stop (laughs) no but he's a good player I would like to see him back but I'm excited for the young core The next, I will say that I think they're going to be the favorite in both men's and women's basketball in the preseason
1: you think they're the favorites next season?
2: I think yeah. Tyson Walker leaving Northeastern really hurts them. That's um, true. I think some of the transfers from other programs. Look, uh, Carlton Charleston's losing their coach. Northeastern loses a big player. Hofstra, I think you could maybe they graduate, out. Out. They well,
1: they graduate They graduated out Jalen to- Ray, but they so have they Isaac. Come back Conte. If they to, right? Yeah, they could, and they also have Isaac Conti, who is one of the best big men in the CAA, and then a freshman who's on trajectory to be another big really good big man so they might have a one-two punch in the paint i think hofstra would have a consideration i think
2: jamie might eventually get it just because they won the regular season some of the writers are kind of lazy um,
1: and they get a lot of guys back in. my problem is matt lewis is gone and morse yeah but i don't i think jamie's the number two in this preseason poll. All, right, all
2: right maybe but we're gonna win the league in both <laughs> meds is gonna hit that big three which we gosh that'll be fun
1: That's all we need. That's all we need.
2: I just want us to win a national championship in every sport in the same year. Is that too much to ask? Yes. (laughs) You know how crazy that would be? Football goes to the FCS, Conference USA. They win the whole thing. Yeah, men's basketball wins it all. Women's basketball wins it all. Softball, baseball, lacrosse, field hockey, volleyball. Like that is- Golf, swim and dive. If you're Jeff Bourne, that's the vision, right? (laughs) Make it happen, bro. It's not that hard. Just what I would do. If I was Jeff born I'd get every, all the coaches on a Zoom and be like, look, here's what I see. We got three years to do it or I'm retiring. Because I think he, he probably plans to retire soon anyway. Might as well have like a weird ultimatum.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, all right. My last take. Anything else you want to add? <laughs> no, I, I think that will end it on that note. Okay. Well, for Bennett Conlin, my name is Jack Fitzpatrick. Thank you guys for listening to the JMU sports news podcast. Uh, You can find us on Facebook. Just search JMU sports news in the search bar. You can find us on Twitter at JMU sports news. You can also find us on YouTube type in JMU sports news and you can find the full podcast in video version there. Um, I think that's it. Go ahead and give us five stars and subscribe wherever you listen, and that would be greatly appreciated. You guys have a wonderful rest of your day.
0: Thank you for listening to
2: Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star
1: rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B-L-E.